Go ahead and open your Bible to James chapter 4. We're a Bible-believing, Christ-exalting church. We believe that church this morning is for God, for His Son, Jesus Christ, for His glory. And so we got to get in His Word, His love letter that He wrote to us, and let's consider and respond to God's command, command to us believers, invitation for you if you're not a believer, right? Invitation to draw near. So I'm going to read uh, verses uh, 1 through 10, and then we're going to go after it this morning. Let's just pray that God will be right here. Father, we know that you're in this place, but this drawing near, God, help every single heart in this place to draw near to you, to push all the things that would crowd our thinking, the things that would cloud our minds away, and to have you as our central and only focus so that we will want and need and seek and strive to draw near to you. God, but the most astounding part is if we do that, when we do that, you promise to draw near to us. You promise to come towards us. And that is amazing. So God, do it. As we draw near to you today, do it. Draw near to us. Comfort what needs to be comforted. Stoke what needs to be stoked. Make new what needs to be made new. Fix what's broken. And give us a heart fully devoted to you. Let our passions be for you and you alone. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. It's kind of a heavy passage, kind of hard to start with, but uh, I think you'll get the point uh, to get to verse 8. You know, is sin always the issue? Can we just say that? What's the issue? I mean, a little more convincing, please. What's the issue? I mean, sin's the issue, right? No matter where you open the Bible to, my problem's going to be sin. So, you know, I hate to lay it on you thick, right, coming back, but I love to preach some, like, candy uh, floss and, uh, you know, whatever message. But, like, here it is. James 4, verse 1. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? Yeah, I want some stuff. And that's constantly warring in my head. Why can't I have? Why don't I get? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You're like, I'm not a murderer. Well, well, if you remember Matthew chapter 5, if you hate someone, you've murdered them in the new economy. And so, uh, yes, yes. I hate that you don't want what I want. So we have murdered You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. So let's ask more. Well, keep reading. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. So many of my prayers, and this is a prayer series, prayer pillar, three weeks, draw near. So many of my prayers are selfish, desire, prayers. God, I want a building. God, I want you to give us Shopco North. God, 
please do it now, today, right? But you will stop praying that prayer. That's not a bad prayer. Speaking to God's a great thing. It's not a bad, but you will stop praying that prayer and pray a much different, much more in line with God's will prayer if you walk through the steps that we're going to walk through today, all right? And that's something I've had to kind of learn here. It says, you adulterous people. I never want to be accused of being adulterous. I never want to have that on, on my uh, resume, okay? I don't. But I think every single one of us can relate to the fact that sometimes we fall away from loving God, our first love, and we fall into a drunken stupor of like, ah, this game's making me feel really good. This fantasy football is all I want. This Facebook post is my highest desire. This, you fill in the blank, right? Like, if I could just lose 10 pounds, if I could just this, if I could just, like, our love for work, our love for food, our love for pleasure, our love, we are adulterous. We are sinners. This is my sin problem. When I get my mind off of the one true God, the creator of the universe, and get it onto something that's been created or that I've created in my head. We are adulterous people. I know that's not what you want to hear, but it is good to hear it again today. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. No one here would say, I want to be a friend with the world. I want to be an enemy with God. Nobody would say that. But if you just look at your actions over the last year and you're fair, there were times when that was true. And as I go back, you know, this summer and look over the last year and I sort through how my year went, man, when I looked back, I was like, wow. I would never say I was adulterous. I would never say I was a friend with the world and an enemy with God. But look at that. Look back and look what I did. Look where I was. Look what I thought. I got to move on from that. I need to seek God. I need to draw near to him. So that's where this is coming from. Or do you suppose, uh, suppose it is uh, to no purpose that the scripture says, he, God, yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. You know, we're all spiritual beings. He's put eternity in our heart, and we want to be with God. And he wants to be with us. That's even better. But he gives us more grace. Thank you, Lord. I mean, that right there is just so good. Thank you, God. I'm adulterous, and you're like, Hosea? <laughs> you know? You're back again? The Jews, this is written to Jews dispersed, and, and they would understand this because Hosea, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, they all talked about this adulterous relationship of wanting something other than God and how heinous it is. But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Submit yourselves 
therefore to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Let, I, let me submit to you that submitting to God would be the way to resist the devil. If you try to go fight the devil on your own, you're going to lose. So the key to the verse isn't resist the devil. We get that wrong. Oh, I'm a good fighter. Let's go. The key to the verse is submit to God. Because when we submit to God, we naturally resist the devil. And that is victory. He flees from us. Here it is. Here's the verse. Here's the phrase. Write it down if you want. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. What a promise. Draw near to God. Did you know you could draw near to God? There's some things you could do. There's some, some actions you could take, some steps you could take to draw near to God. Did you know that? And did you know that he, the God of the universe, will, will come closer to you? Like, how is he going to get any closer? He's inside of me. Like, he will draw near to you. He says he will do it. I believe he will do it. I've seen him do it in my life even recently. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. You're like, thanks a lot. <laughs> I came in happy, now I'm going to leave sad. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Let me tell you something. We have a great church. And I've been thinking about how great it is to have a great church. We're so great, and we do so many things right, and worship is awesome, and the preaching is okay too, right? And Because it's from the Word of God. And, and, you know, the small groups and the community, and you could go on and on and on and on about everything we have and how awesome a church we have, and I think everybody should come. And we can get stuck in that sleepiness right there, that everything's good. Hey, there's a lot of things good, and I'm not preaching you stink, you stink, you stink. What I'm preaching is let's have a clear view. Okay, God loves you. No questions asked. He's not going to love you any less if you sin. He's not going to love you any more if you're perfect. He loves you perfectly, unconditionally. We got that settled? But I have a part in this too, and I can choose a lot of different things. And I got to tell you, I don't want to choose to be lulled to sleep with. It's pretty good over here, right? Thessalonians says, do it more and more. This is a never satisfied church, right? Not that I'm not satisfied with God's love for me and who I am in Christ. I'm just not satisfied with my flesh and who I am. I want to be different and better. So I want to draw near to God. And he promises to draw near to me. So there's a little weeping in that. There's a little mourning in that. Oh, I came in, I thought it was great. Woo! And then it's like, oh man, yeah, I do have sin. I need to do, you know. There is a point where repentance and letting your tears hit the floor is a good thing. All right? I think we get saved and we have the Holy Spirit. We're like, it's all happy-go-lucky. There's no rainy days. There's no like in my life, anything that's wrong. That's not true. We live in this world, and I live uh, in this flesh until Christ comes back and gives me a glorified body. I can't wait. That'll be awesome. So draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Um, I'm kind of rusty at preaching. Can you tell? I'm like, where's he going with this? All right. A little rusty, a little rusty coming back, a little rusty. So I just thought it would be really easy, right? So give me some grace. It's just like, 
Who, what, when, where, why, how. Okay? Let's get back to the basics. Okay, let's just, okay, so who? Point to who he's inviting to draw near. Point to who? It's you. It's me. That's, that's pretty clear. It's for me. This message is for me. All right. Second, what? Rocket scientist, draw near to God. <laughs> right? I'm just telling you, thanks for letting me ease in. This is really easy, okay? Thank you. Draw near to God, okay? When? When? When should we draw near? If this is a promise, he's going to draw near. Right now? Um, like all the time? Uh, today? Ongoing? More and more? Um, so here's what I did. Uh, well, actually, Brent did it. Thank you, Brent. Um, he put this card together, and this is a 21-day challenge, all right? This is a 21-day challenge. Now, um, some of you guys maybe heard uh, James preach on Breakthrough Prayer last year and uh, had the 40-day challenge. Yeah, this is my card for 40-day challenge. Um, if you could see, I got stuck at day 22. I failed. And I got duck at, stuck at day 32, and I failed. I never made it to 40. Big frown face right here. Start over. I mean, just, just. so I'm like, all right, let's just go with 21 days, all right? The next three weeks that'll get us ready for launch, let's just go with 21 days of drawing near. You're like, what does drawing near look like? I'm going to get there, okay? I'm going to get there. So we're going to give you what you can bite off, what you can chew. Make sure that you have this. It was in the bulletin. If you didn't get one, pick up another bulletin. It'll be in that one. And we're going to do a 21-day challenge. So when, now, today, ongoing, it starts today. It's the 20th of August. It's going to go through September, Saturday, September 9th. We're going to meet with him every day. Where? Where are we going to meet with him? Anywhere. See, this is less about a physical place and more about a spiritual thing that we're doing here. Okay? I mean, you could be, you know, you could come to church and be as far from God as you want. You know, you can, you know. You can roll up with the Bible in hand and be, and be not even anywhere close. And you can have nothing and be around a bunch of people and be so in tune with God. Right? And that's what we're going for. We've got to practice these things so we can live this out. Uh, I know for me personally, uh, a little, little uh, rearranging project in my office this week uh, rearranged my office, got myself a little spot to pre preparation for the messages and, and times in prayer. Uh, we also um, told the staff, hey, we're going to be praying every morning from 8 to 9. That's how we're going to start our work day, right? We're going to set aside this time. Um, you're like, oh, man, I got so much work to do. We're short staff. It's like, you'll be so much more focused and you'll do the right things if you pray for an hour, right? So we're going to do that. That's, that's what we've committed to. So we're going to do that at the conference room in the office there. Don't, don't hesitate to join us between 8 and 9 if you, if you would like. Why? Why would we do this? Why? It's in the verse. Because God will draw near to us. He says he will. He commands us to draw near to him, and he says, here's a reward. I'm going to come to you. Start, start taking a couple steps. I'll start running. I'll pull up. Tuck in and start running, you know, prodigal son style. The father's coming, and he's not embarrassed to do it. When you humble yourself, he humbles, and boom, he's there. So how? The question is how, and that will be the rest of the message. How? How? Well, I told you the phrase at the beginning, get alone, for God alone, 
and seek him. You're like, well, that's great. It's a little contrite phrase. It's like the whole series in a sentence. That's so clever. Awesome. Get alone for God alone and seek him. Okay, well, let's start with this. How do I draw near? Here's the message. How do I draw near? First thing, these are four steps, and I believe, I mean, you can pick them up in any order, but I believe it really works best if you do it in this order. Four steps. Here's the first one. From Hebrews, so you can just turn a couple pages back in your Bible. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Here's the first one. You want to draw near to God? Do you? Do you want to draw near? This is just going to be so simple but so hard. Believe that God exists. Ding! Done! Point one, done! You're like, really? Do you really believe that God exists? Because here's what I'll say to you. If you really believe God exists, you're not going to lunch with anybody today. If I really, I had to get to this point, and it just blew my mind. If I really believe God exists, then my wife's second place, my favorite dinner date is God, not Kimberly. You're like, ooh, glad she's on this message. She'll be here next hour. Trust me, I'm going to say the same thing. But here's the cool thing. The really saving grace for me is that my wife knows the Lord. And she feels the same way. Her greatest and highest is Christ. It's not me. And that sets even our own relationship correctly. Do you truly believe that God exists? So if you really believe God exists, you're going to act different. I mean, I'm so ashamed of the last year and the times or lack of times that I've spent drinking in the Word of God. Right? I'm so ashamed by the amount of time that I've sat and just sat at Jesus Christ's feet, not even saying anything. See, my problem is I think prayer has to be big, bold. I'm kind of an out there guy. I'm like, I got to get on my knees with a list and I got to lift up my voice. You know what God taught me when I was away? You can just be quiet, you can just sit there and listen. I have more to say than you'll ever have. I think where we go wrong is when we think we have to pray versus prayer is communion with God. So stop your nonsense of like, oh, I failed, I failed, I failed. You can't fail at this. This is the easiest thing. All you have to do is put an appointment on your calendar with the most important person ever. Jesus Christ. You have to get alone. You have to set a time. You have to make an appointment. Matter of fact, Jesus did this himself. Right? So let me read the verse for you. This is our theme verse for the year. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. You got to have faith. If you don't have faith, you can't please God. Is that clear? Is that clear? Okay, I thought it was pretty clear, but I just want to make sure you knew that. It, okay, good. Am I going too fast? No, okay. All right, you're just not used to responding? Like nobody else asks you questions or what? I don't, I don't understand. Like, like, I'm not that pompous to think like I can answer my own questions. Like I, need, I actually need some feedback, 
All right. For whoever would draw near, I want to, to God, must believe that he exists. That's the point right there. It's right there in the scripture. Do you see it? Must believe that he exists. If you want to draw near, you got to believe he exists. And that he rewards those who seek him. You're like, well, tell me about this faith thing. Just look up at verses 1 through 5, or 1 through 3. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Do you hope for anything? Do you have any assurance that's going to happen? Like Jesus is going to come back? Yes. That we're going to live forever with him? Yes. The conviction of things not seen. I've never seen Jesus, but I'm convicted that he's real and that he's coming back for me. And I can't wait to see him face to face. It's a conviction. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. He's going to go into the hall of faith. But just notice this in verse 3. Who's the first person in the hall of faith? Third word is, by faith, we. You are the first person in the hall of faith. It's not Abel, it's not Enoch, it's not Noah, it's you. Just fathom that. By faith, we, believers, understand that the universe was created by the Word of God, by Jesus Christ himself. Do you believe that God created? Do you believe that God created Adam and Eve, that you're passed down through Adam and Eve? Do you believe that God created the trees and the whole earth, the firmament, the everything, the, the water, the animals? Do you believe that? There's nothing here apart from God breathing it? Because if you believe that, it changes the way you live. It changes the way you think. It changes who you answer to. You know, my boss is cool, but I don't really answer to you, bro. Like, I'm happy to work for you as I work for Christ. It changes your perspective to really get this. So that, what is seen has not been made out of things that are visible. So I see all this stuff, but you didn't come from something that was tangible and visible. Poof, and there it was. That's only God. I can't do that. I can't do that. Only God can do that. Put God in his rightful spot. Set that down. Do I believe that God exists? Do you believe that God exists? You start with creation, Genesis 1. Do you believe in a six literal days of creation? Do you believe that God created, that he spoke and there it was? I know a lot of people want to believe different things, but man, he's that much God to me. Matter of fact, he didn't need a whole 24 hours. He could have done it in a second. Land. Boom, there it was. That says that's what happened. So why morning and evening? Why a day? Why yom? The Hebrew word for day. Why? Because we need structure. We need something to live in, morning and evening. He set up a system for us. Why does he rest on the seventh day? Did God need to rest? No, he didn't need to rest. He could have just kept on creating. But the prize of his creation was done on sixth day. That's you, that's me. And so he chose to rest. Why did he choose to rest? To offer us an example of rest. Then he sent Jesus Christ to be a perfect example of how we should live. You want to you check out Jesus and his example? Here's some verses. Throw them on the screen. Here's Jesus' example to us. Just write these down and go look at them. Matthew 14, 13. 
right after John the Baptist was beheaded, Jesus gets word, and what does he do? In the middle of the day, he gets alone to a desolate place. Why? Because he needs to be with his father. In Mark 1, 35, Jesus, he gets up early in the morning, and he gets away to be by himself. And they're all looking for him. And when they find him, they're like, where, where you been? What is, what's going on? What's? And he's like, here's what we need to do. Marching orders from my Lord and Father. Like, here's what we need to do. We got to go to every city and we got to preach the gospel. He's on mission because of his time that he spent with the Lord. And then Luke, chapter 9, verse 18. Jesus gets alone. And such a, something so big happens right after that, when Jesus gets alone. It says he got alone, but his disciples around him. That's kind of an interesting way to say it, right? So Jesus got alone, his disciples around him. You go read it, and you'll be like, what? How do you? But you can do that. You can be fully, I can be alone right now, and you're all here. I can be alone with the Father right now, and you're all here. It can happen. Jesus did that. And immediately after that, he goes, who do you say that I am? one of the biggest times of his ministry, and they're like, oh, you're maybe this, maybe that, maybe... And Peter says, you are the Christ of God. You are the Messiah that God would send. And he's like, that didn't come from you. That came from my Father. My Father put that in your heart. All because Jesus got alone. All because Jesus is going, let him get it, God, let him get it, God, let him get it, God. We pray. And then John 15, or 6.15, excuse me. This is after the feeding of 5,000. This is in the evening, so it doesn't matter what time, but it matters that you get alone. After the feeding of 5,000, he sends his boys across the lake, right? Sea of Galilee. And he gets alone up on a mountain. He sends the people away, and he just gets alone. Jesus modeled this. And what I'm asking you to do is to do what Jesus did. I'm asking you to follow the example of Jesus Christ and to get alone with God. I'm asking you to set a time. That's what I'm asking you to do. Is that clear? So how can you rearrange your schedule? What could you cut out? And get alone with God. I don't need you to start with an hour. Right? I think that's a lofty goal for a staff, isn't it? Anybody want to take bets on how long that will last? Hey, man, I'm pretty determined. And I'm praying when I'm not determined that they will be, that we'll feed off each other. So maybe you got to get your wife involved. Maybe you got to get your family involved. So maybe there's some little accountability from your five-year-old. Hey, you said we were going to. Okay, yeah, yeah. You're right? But I want you, before you leave, as in right now, I want you to be thinking about when can I carve out some time to spend with the God of the universe, the only one that really matters, the only one I'm really going to care about in the eternity future. Hope you have some time to do that. Hope you're getting it. Here's the second thing. It's right from the same verse. And that he rewards those who seek him. So your Bible might say diligently seek him. I think I memorized that in the King James one time. Seek him with urgency. Seek him with urgency. I was trying to figure out a way to describe this. I mean, if there was a reward that you could have, uh, 
wouldn't you go get it? Like if somebody said, hey, I owe you $100, all you got to do is come get it. Would you go? Duh. Yes. I'll be right over. You know, no, I'm not doing nothing. You know, if it was $1,000, it'd be even quicker. Right? The only thing I could really think about, it's kind of frivolous, but new prize inside. Cracker Jacks. They don't make them in a box anymore. Did you know that? Free to lay. They make them in a if you have a box, you should probably keep it. It's probably a collector's item at this point. All right? But remember when you were a kid? I'm dating myself. The millennials are like, we never had Cracker Jacks. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, when I was a kid, when it was cool to be a kid, just saying. You would rip the box open so fast, and you would not, like, who cares about the popcorn? I'm like, I'm trying to find the prize. And this, just this was so important that you would just rip it open and dig to it, and you were hoping it was a tattoo. I don't know why I was hoping it was tattooed every time. Just like, please let it be a tattoo. Please let it. Enjoy the show. Have some popcorn. All right. So, so I'm just saying, like, there's an urgency, right? Like, I want it. I can go get it. It used to be in cereal boxes. Again, when I was a kid, I don't know. Like, okay, now I'm on the millennials. Okay. They don't do it anymore. I think theft was a problem. I think people rip them open, like take the thing and just like, I don't know why they don't do it. But now it's all on computer. Like here's the code. There's a code inside and you got to type it in and then maybe you'll win and nobody ever wins, I'm sure. All right. I, I don't, they got smarter. Like we don't really have to like package this. We don't really have to put anything in here. We could just like enter a code and everybody will be like ripping the box off of it, you know. That's the way we need to seek God. We need to rip the top off the box every day. And I am so ashamed that sometimes I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to. I know a lot. I got a lot. Like, I don't want to. Like, get up and rip open the Bible and dig in. Seek him with urgency. You know, we have these Bible plans that we gave you in January, and I just want to bring it back up. It's, it's, it's fall. Been eight, no, eight and a half months. How you doing? Right? I've just been taking an inventory. I'm I'm done with the old testament. Praise the Lord. Whew. Right? But I, I haven't like I got the gospels to do. I'm looking forward to it. But I have the gospels and I have revelation and just so excited to like finish strong. And I mean, checking the boxes is fun, but like, why am I doing it? I'm not doing it just to check the box. I'm doing it because I'm like hungry to draw near, hungry to rip it open and get into it and let it fill me. Because you know it does. So when you get alone, you set the time, you got it in your head, write it down, tell somebody, okay? Tell somebody when you leave here or before you leave here, here's when I'm going to do it, but have some accountability with your small group, what not, okay? If you get to small group and you haven't told anybody, you know that your small group leader is going to ask you. You just know he's going to, you know, she's going to ask you, he's going to ask you. They'll be like, hey, what's your time? Right? It's good accountability. You should get in a small group if you're not. It's, it's just built in. It's great. Right? So you have that. But when you get alone with God, here's what I need you to do. I need you to bring your Bible. I need you to bring the Word of God with you. Get alone. Get to a spot. Get alone. Get right here. And, and make sure you got this with you. Just this, 
Later you're going to see it needs to be this. It needs to be a paper copy. You're going to understand in a second. Just this. And let God speak. Do you know that God speaks to us through his word? Did you know that? Did you know that? Have you ever heard him speak? Have you ever heard him like talk to you through his word? That's, that's the most often. The most often I hear God is through his word. And I'm going for, maybe he'll even speak to me in a different way, uh, a different thought, a different, like, I want to draw near. I want to see more. God speaks to us directly through his word. So, so just write these three things down. Scripture reading. Scripture reading, write it down. Write this down. Sound teaching. You know, every once in a while, just, not during your get alone time, but maybe in a different time, Listen to a message online from a really good preacher. And let sound teaching be the thing that, you know, you want to seek him more urgently. Let it stoke your fire. And then simply asking. Write that down. Simply asking. Simply asking God, God, I want to know you more. God, reveal yourself to me. God, I know you're there. I believe you exist. And I'm pressing in. Will you show yourself to me? And I believe you will. Those three things will be helpful as you bring your Bible and as you get after seeking the Lord with urgency. Then there's this. Come clean through Christ. Okay, turn back to chapter 10. It's on the same page in my Bible, but chapter 10. Come clean through Christ. Come clean through Christ. You're like, well, what does that mean? Can you get some soap out and like wash up? or what? what it, well, it says here in... Chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, that's how you're going to wash yourself clean. You're like, blood isn't that clean. Yeah, but to God, blood is the thing. There had to be an animal sacrifice. There had to be a blood sacrifice. I mean, people will cut themselves, right? Hopefully we'll get to 1 Kings 18 where Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal, and he's like, God, what is he sleeping? What is he on the toilet? What is it? What's wrong? Like, they start cutting themselves. Why? Because even in them, they know that there has to be blood. Somehow blood will get God's attention. Hope that you're not cutting. Please don't do that. It's the wrong kind of attention. But there has to be blood. And the blood of Jesus Christ is the blood. By the new, the recent, and living way that he opened for us through the curtain. You're like, the real Superman came to town, right? Where it's like, (sighs) the curtain is his flesh. Jesus Christ dying on the cross. That is through his flesh. Oh yeah, there it is. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, here's the key, let us draw near. Do you see it there? Let us draw near with a true heart. The word true there means sincere. Uh, It's athleta or athleta or however you want to say it. Women, there's a whole brand of clothes on this. It's dependable clothing, right? And guys, you might understand if you're at all in tune with basketball that Paul Pierce retired this last year and he is called the truth, right? The truth. Why? Because when the game's on the line, I can depend on him to hit the shot. Right? That's what it's talking about. With a dependable heart, with a clean conscience, with a, with a I'm ready to do this now. Are we dependable? Can I just ask? Are we true? 
Are we sincere? And I got to say, this is the thing. Only through Christ. Left to myself, I'm not true. Left to myself, I'm not dependable. Left to myself, I'm not sincere. Only through Christ can these characteristics be characterizing me. With a true heart, a full assurance of faith, it's faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and with our bodies washed with pure water. All right, here it is. Come clean, right? I think confession's a good thing, and I think confession is needed. To confess your faults, to, to, to say, I have sinned, and I, I am wicked, and I, so when you come to Christ, I think that's a good thing. It's a good thing to be like, hey, I'm not everything I want to be, God. And I'm not everything you want for me to be. And I, I know it, and I'm, I'm confessing it. I want to be clean. And Christ makes me clean. Matter of fact, the only way we come to Christ is through Jesus Christ. We can have, it says in uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 4, that we can have uh, boldness to come, confidence to come before the throne of Christ. Here's some verses just to encourage you, I'll just read through them really quick. Okay, 1 Peter 3.8. 1 Peter 3.18. Let's put it on the screen. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. Do you see who's bringing us to God? It's Jesus Christ. Being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Here's Ephesians 2.18. For through him, that's Jesus, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Here's another verse. Hebrews uh, 4.16, I just was saying it, quoting it so crudely. <laughs> Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. God has grace for you, but you should have confession, okay? And then you're covered by the blood and you can walk straight in that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And then this, uh, Hebrews 7.25. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost. No matter how far gone you think you are, the blood of Jesus Christ will, will cover it. Those who draw near to God through him, Jesus Christ, since he always lives to make intercession for you. Do you know what Jesus is doing for you right now? He's praying. He's asking his Father for you, for your heart right now. No matter what state you're in, he's, he's saying some stuff to God about you. It's pretty fun. Every time I come to my Father, I must come through Jesus Christ. I want you to get that. That's going to change your prayer life right there. Every time I come to the Father, I have to come through Jesus Christ. It's not just tacking Jesus' name on the end of a prayer. We're praying through Jesus. Do you understand? That'll change your prayer life right there. It says a clear conscience. I don't know how many of us have clear consciences today. Maybe something has been pestering you the whole time I've been speaking and you just can't get rid of it and you're just like, oh, this is nagging, this thought, this issue, this, I understand. I, I went on vacation, but I didn't rest as much as I should have because I had these nagging thoughts about relationships going on that just had to be solved. So I understand if you're here and you're like, oh, this is, but I'm telling you, when you're going to do this, when you're going to get alone and you're going to bring your Bible and you're going to come clean with Christ, you have to leave some things behind, okay? You have to leave some things behind. So here's what you need to leave behind. 
This is a, not an exhaustive list, but this will be a good way to get started. Uh, I've been practicing this for a while, and these are some of the things that I've had to leave behind. Technology. See this right here? Take it. If you need to set an alarm, fine, but get it as far away from you as possible. See this watch? Take it off. Take it off. And especially if you have an Apple Watch, you're like, oh yeah, I got rid of my phone, but... <laughs> you're not alone. You got stuff strapped to you. You're confined. Be free from all that. Be free from all the hindrances. Free yourself from all those things. Family. Family drama is the worst. From work. The guys find a lot of significance in work, don't they? And it's kind of always on my mind how I could be successful as it would with a family, with a, with a mom, right? With a, with a wife. Like, hey, my family is so important. And it could crowd your personal time with God. Your plans, right? We're always making plans. When I can get clear thought, like you go away for five weeks, you get, I get clear thought, then I start making plans, you know? When I can push it all away, then everything that I want to do is just right there. You got to push those plans aside. God has some plans for you. And if you'll be disciplined to push those things aside, he'll tell you. He'll give them to you. And then this last thing, offenses. I'll tell you the last thing that's hard to push out is the offenses. But that person, God, they did that. When they said that, it really hurt. Might even be offended from this message. I don't know everything that I said and how it would affect you. And so you might be going home and like just stewing over, man, why did he say that? And he shouldn't have said it that way and blah, blah, blah. And when you do this, that's going to come into your mind. That's going to, yeah, but Steve said, and you need to push that out. You need to push that out of your mind. You need to get rid of that. You need to leave some things behind when you enter into this time with God. So what are you carrying even now as I speak? And you keep drifting to that thought. Well, that'll be one of the things you have to get rid of if you're going to really practice this. Here's step four. It's from Psalm 145.18. Let's just, uh, I'm going to flip over there. You don't have to, but I, I'm going to read it. The Lord is near to all who call on Him. To all who call on Him in truth. The Lord is near to all who call on Him. To all who call on Him in truth. Here's the last point. Call out to God. I'd love to have you practice that today. I'm not going to do that. Because I think it's hard to get through these four steps in the first place. And so why don't you try it by yourself later today? Just get alone. Start with point one. Do I really believe God exists? Do some mental practice on that. Then get to the point where you're like, hey, how urgently am I seeking him? If I really believe he exists, i got to seek him a lot more urgently, right? And then know that the way to there is coming clean through Christ. There might be some things you need to confess. There might be some things you need to let go, leave behind. And then you will be ready, and only then, to call out to God, and your prayers will be in God's will. Matter, I'll just, I will submit to you that your prayers will be from God. You will pray the things God gives you to pray. And that will be a sweet prayer. Try it. It's astounding. I love it. 
Your prayers will align with what God wants and what he wants you to pray. Practice it today and every day for the next 21 days and see if it might just change you radically as we draw near to God.